Let's be a life, no gimmick. If you ain't tryna pay rent, get food or pay lights Put you right up on the plane, tell you have a safe flight, right? Christ, yeah Fuck that white boy If you ain't tryna pay rent, get food or pay lights Put you right up on the plane, tell you have a safe flight, right? Christ What's going on, everybody? Thought I'd do a little uh, extra to that intro there, just because I'm feeling that track today. You know, feeling good today. But anyway, we're back again for yet another NFL recap video. Uh, once again, my dad was uh, was a little bit of a flop. That's okay though. So we're here again today, just me, just audio. Uh, Got to deliver the content to the people, so you know what it is. So we're gonna hop right into it with our recaps of Week Seven in the NFL this 2019 season. So we kicked off the week Thursday with Kansas City traveling to Denver. Uh, Patrick Mahomes' health is still kind of up in the air. He didn't finish that game. Matt Moore, uh, my boy, you know, former Dolphins, stepped in and finished the game up, and they were able to come away with a 30-6 to win. Uh, Mahomes did play well while he was in, I will say that. And um, Matt Moore also, when he came in, he was able to put together some, uh, I think he threw a touchdown pass. He played pretty well in relief of uh of Patrick Mahomes, so that was good on him. Good to see a former Dolphin shining, you know. All right, so next up, Sunday, we had uh, Jacksonville traveling to Cincinnati, a struggling Cincinnati team, uh, and they were able to come away with a win, as kind of most people probably would have expected. And uh, the score was 27-17. to 17. Gardner Minshew played fairly well, but uh, I think what was even more impressive to me was how uh, Leonard Fournette played. And I read a stat that said... Uh, since week four, I mean, I, I kind of hate when these stats come out that all oh, since this and in the last two minutes and 36 seconds of fourth quarters, like all those kind of obscure stats. But it was kind of cool to see it was um, in the last since week four and we're now going to be in week eight. Leonard Fournette has the um, the most yards per game of any running back or any player in the uh, in the NFL. He's averaging 134 yards per game. In, uh, since week four, which is it is pretty impressive, I will say that. He did start off the season slow, but he seems to be uh, turning it around now, which is good for him. Uh, I, I am a Leonard Fournette fan, so happy to see him doing well. Next game on the docket, we have San Fran at Washington. And I'll just apologize in advance. Uh, I am a little sick, so you might hear some sniffling throughout this video, but uh, going to chug through it anyway. So next game, we have San Francisco at Washington. was a little bit of a slugfest. No touchdowns scored. And final score was San Francisco 9 and Washington 0. Uh, it's, it's interesting to see because even in a game where the conditions are so horrible, raining throughout the game, uh, and no team is able to kind of put together a solid offensive showing, not because they, they are unable to, but just because the conditions are that poor, uh, the better team still was able to rise to the top. San Francisco's defense played exceptionally well, as they have all season. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that their DC, um, Mr. Shala or Sala, however you pronounce his last name, is going to be a head coach pretty soon. Uh, just the way that he's he's taken that defense from, I mean, a couple of years ago being kind of a, a laughing stock to, I mean, it does help to acquire players, but 
at the same time, you have to give a little bit of kudos to that DC, uh, Mr. Shala. He's doing a good job with that defense, and they pitched a shutout, which was uh, was pretty impressive. No matter what the conditions are in the NFL, to pitch a shutout is um, is a pretty big deal. Next up, Houston at Indianapolis, and uh, final score, Houston 23, Indianapolis 30. Um, Jacoby Brissett threw four touchdown passes, impressive performance. And the story for Houston so far this season has been up and down. Uh, I can't seem to to figure out what's going on with the Texans. Just when that, when they have a good game, they win. They look solid. I'm like, okay, there we go. Last week they were up to four and two. Okay, maybe this is when they're going to start to, you know, get in that driver's seat in the AFC South and become that kind of that powerhouse or that really good team that we kind of expect them to be. And then they go in and they play a Colts team, a beatable Colts team. And uh, they end up losing by a touchdown, so unfortunate for them. But, I mean, hopefully the way this season's gone, they'll probably win next week. So we'll see what happens. Next up, Miami at Buffalo. And um, I think people should be starting to take notice of what me and my dad have been saying on these podcast episodes, which is, uh, although Miami, clearly, I mean, we're 0 in, what is it, 6 now? Although we're 0 in 6, um, we are not... I don't think we're the worst team in the NFL. I'll start with that. I, I think that title can go to Cincinnati for sure, and we'll get to them. Um, but on top of that, not only has have the Dolphins been improving every week, week in and week out, uh, I think that a lot of the games that they've lost, including this game, they were they were right there against the Bills. And I probably sound like a broken record defending the Dolphins every week and even though they lose, I'm, I'm trying to pick out the positives. But, I mean, I have to do that for my team, I guess. But what I will say is that that game was pretty much in the Dolphins' hands until, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick does what he's going to do what he's going to do. He's going to have his, his crazy plays, which he did have on that, um, that touchdown run late in the game, which was pretty crazy. Uh, he broke a couple tackles, ran past some guys dove into the end zone taking a big hit which for him I mean he's not usually a scrambler so to see him do that was kind of cool but and then he before right before that though he had thrown a pretty costly interception when the team was driving uh to take a, a lead so that was I, th- I believe they were tied at the time um I'm gonna check that right now very quickly so at that time Miami was leading 14 to 9 Ryan Fitzpatrick threw an interception from the Buffalo, let me see here. Ryan Fitzpatrick threw an interception on second and goal from the Buffalo 12 on a pass that he had no business throwing, which it's it's very unfortunate because that is a huge swing. Uh, Buffalo on the ensuing drive went 108 yards, or sorry, not 108 yards, but... uh, they went the length of the field, uh, starting at their own two. They went 98 yards, 98 yards, and scored a touchdown to take the lead 17 to 14. So that's kind of a backbreaker. It's it's tough to come back from that when you had a chance to go up 21 to nine against a Buffalo team that is streaking and they're five and one currently. Um, and I guess the pressure just kind of got to uh, Fitzpatrick, and uh, he did what he has been kind of known to do throughout his career, which is. He gives you the Fitz magic, but he's also going to show you his true colors every now and again with some pretty pretty uh, questionable throws. All right, so next up, we have a potential game of the week. We have Minnesota at Detroit. 
Uh, this was a high-scoring game. We had four lead changes. There was eight touchdown passes, four apiece between Stafford and uh, and Kirk Cousins, and 72 points put up in total. Uh, but in the end, it was Minnesota that came away with the away win, 42 to 30. Uh, we'll we'll loop back to that game just because it, it was a it was a good game, and uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more. Next up, Oakland at Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay outscored 40 42 to uh, to 24 against Oakland. Uh, to pick up another win. They're looking really strong down the stretch so far, and uh, I think that they're going to be a contender all season long. Aaron Rodgers has looked sharp. That defense looks improved. Uh, we'll see what happens when they start playing you know, some of those division games later in the season and tougher opponents, but uh, for now, they're looking very solid. Next up, we have the Rams at Atlanta, and Atlanta has been, they've been putrid, pretty much all season. So no surprise to see that the Rams took a win here. Uh, even though the Rams have been struggling, they were able to uh, to pull it together, get a 37-10 to 10 win over uh, Atlanta. Uh, next up, Arizona at the Giants. We had the battle of two rookie quarterbacks. First overall pick, Kyler Murray, traveling to play. Number six overall pick, Daniel Jones. Final score in this one was 27-21 in favor of Arizona. So Kyler Murray shows why he was the the higher pick, I guess. Uh, it was a good game. I mean, close game. I, I like to see close games just because it always shows that. Um, well, not that it shows, but it, it it's nice because you don't know who's gonna win right until the end, right? There could always be a play that kind of swings the game. It keeps you on your on your seat, on edge, kind of. And uh, that's kind of that's what makes most people enjoy the game, in in my opinion. So in that game. Uh, just another quick uh, standout or shout-out, I guess. Chase Edmonds, who was uh, playing in relief of David Johnson, who picked up a minor injury, had three rushing touchdowns. So that was a huge game for him. Uh, maybe he's making a case to get some more touches, when even when David Johnson's back. Uh, I don't think he'll kind of turn into the guy, just because David Johnson is extremely skilled. But uh, he definitely showed showed some value in that game. So good on him. And the return of Saquon Barkley, who had a rushing touchdown. So good for him, too. Uh, it was crazy because I read a thing that said, uh, I read an article, sorry, that said Saquon Barkley uh, expected to miss six to eight weeks, I believe it was, with a high ankle sprain. And I saw a video, I think it was either just under or just over one week later. And uh, some of you have probably seen it. It was him running around at the Giants practice facility. He was cutting, jumping, sprinting. Uh, and I, I looked. I had to go back and look at the article again and make sure I read it correctly. And I did. It said high ankle sprain, six to eight weeks. And then he was doing this one week later. And then he had mentioned that at Penn State he had suffered a high ankle sprain, was told the same thing, and he came back in, I think it was like six days. So this guy is, I mean, if we haven't already, if we didn't have enough evidence already, he's a freak of nature. Uh, and as we saw, came back, scored a touchdown, played decently. Um, not not the best game for him, but he played decently nonetheless. And uh, they were they did they did come away with the loss though, so not enough for him this week. Next up, we have the Chargers playing the uh, the Los Angeles Chargers traveled to Tennessee. The first start for Ryan Tannehill, a former Dolphin. Uh, in a Tennessee uniform, and he was able to come away with a win, 23-20 to against a, a very struggling Chargers team. Uh, they have not looked good thus far, and uh, once again, to be to be carved up, and maybe carved up isn't the right word, but Tannehill was able to put up 312 yards passing, 
um, which is pretty impressive. Anytime you go over 300, you have to kind of give a couple ha uh, hand claps for that. He also had two touchdowns, did throw one interception, though, um, and they were able to come away with the win, though, so good on the, good on the Titans for now. But if there's anything I know about uh, Ryan Tannehill, I will say this. As a, uh, as a Dolphins fan, a longtime Dolphins fan, uh, if you are a Tennessee fan, don't expect this to be your savior. Don't expect this to to withstand when you play tougher teams. Uh, we, we, we've seen enough of Ryan Tannehill to know that he has these kind of performances where he can pull out a win. He did take the Dolphins to the playoffs one year. But at the same time, uh, in the same breath, He's he's not your he's not your guy. And say in the same breath, I also don't think Mariota's your guy. So man, it must be tough to well, I mean it's tough to be a Dolphins fan, but it must also be kind of tough to be a Titans fan. All right, next up, another potential game of the week. We have Baltimore at Seattle. Uh, that game definitely shocked a lot of people. I mean, in my in the football pool that me and my dad are in, it definitely did because I think there was only six people out of thirty-one that picked Baltimore to win. Uh, the game was in Seattle, and uh, Lamar Jackson, I mean, he did what he does. He scrambled, and he, he was the leading rusher uh, on his own team, outrushed uh, Lamar, um, sorry, Mark Ingram, and he also outrushed the entire Seattle team. He had 100 and I believe it was 14 yards rushing, and he had a touchdown also, so uh, 116, sorry, and he had a touchdown. Uh, came away with an away game, away game win in Seattle, which is very hard to do. Seattle is, uh, they're known for being the 12th man. So they don't lose a lot at home. And to beat them as a second-year quarterback at home is, uh, is pretty impressive. The Baltimore also saw immediate dividends from their, uh, their trade to get Marcus Peters. Came away with a pick six in his first game as a Raven. So shout out to Marcus Peters. Uh, I'm a big fan of him, so it's good to see him, uh, good to see him ball out. Next up... Uh, another game where we had um, a young quarterback, second-year quarterback, wasn't as fortunate as Lamar, though. <clears throat> Sorry, actually, Trubisky might be in his third year now. It might be. I might be uh, speaking out of turn here. But anyway, we had the New Orleans. Um, we had New Orleans Saints playing the Chicago Bears in Chicago. Uh, final score was 36 to 25 for New Orleans. Teddy Bridgewater stays perfect as the re replacement starter for Drew Brees. Uh, and he is just playing lights out. He had a, a pretty, a very good game, sorry, against uh, against Chicago. And that's not an easy thing to do, considering the fact that Chicago's defense is stacked. They have Khalil Mack. They have Roquan Smith, Danny Trevathan, Prince of Mukamara, Kyle Fuller. Uh, they're really good, not to mention Leonard Floyd. And uh, they're also expecting Akeem Hicks back from injury, hopefully soon. Uh, so they have a, a very solid defense, and none, even despite that, Teddy Bridgewater put up some uh, some pretty good numbers. Uh, he had two touchdown passes, no interceptions, 281 passing yards, and he also scrambled. I mean, for a little measly seven yards, but not bad against uh, against the Chicago Bears defense. So good for good for um, Teddy Bridgewater. Stays perfect, and I mean, a lot of people have been asking. In, in the cases of a lot of these replacement quarterbacks. So you have Teddy Bridgewater in New Orleans, Kyle Allen in Carolina. Uh, you also have Minshew in, um, in Jacksonville. Should these guys stay? Because those, those guys that I've mentioned have all played uh, relative. Well, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater and Kyle Allen are undefeated, so they've played very well. Uh, Minshew, not undefeated, but he's played. He's had his, his Minshew magic, we'll say, or Minshew mania. So a lot of people have been asking, should these guys keep the jobs even when the starters have returned? And um, 
I'll kind of take it case by case. So in the case of Teddy Bridgewater and the Saints, uh, I think you'd have to be sipping on some pretty crazy, some pretty crazy shit to think that he should keep that job when Drew Brees is back. Uh, what I will say is that I think when Drew Brees is back and maybe in the off season, uh, if Teddy Bridgewater thinks that maybe he can take his shot somewhere else, because there's going to be teams interested in him after the way he's played right now, uh, he's shown that he can win. Similar to how Nick Foles kind of has has stepped into that role in Jacksonville, even though he's injured now. Uh, but I think that anytime you have a player the caliber of Drew Brees, uh, there's there's no question that when he comes back and he is ready to go, uh, Sean Payton's not going to be scratching his head wondering who he should put in. It's going to be the Drew Brees show once again. And now you know you have a very reliable backup in uh, Teddy Bridgewater until he decides to... Maybe he'll stick it out and wait for Drew Brees to retire, and this will become his team again. Or he might test uh, the free agency waters now that he has this this good game tape behind him. Teams can see that he still can play. Uh, in terms of Kyle Allen, um, I think that it's this is an unpopular opinion, but I think that when it comes to Kyle Allen, uh, a lot of people have been saying, oh my God, when Ken Newton gets back, he shouldn't get his job back. Uh, I'm going to say the same thing I said for, for uh, Drew Brees. Cam Newton, despite the struggles he showed early in the year uh, and has shown last year as well, I, I still think he is a better quarterback and a better football player than Kyle Allen is. So I think that when he is healthy and he's ready to go, fully recovered, I would not rush him back because as we've, as we've seen, Kyle Allen's played lights out. But I think that when Cam Newton is ready, he's fully recovered, uh, ready for action, cleared by the doctors, I believe he should get that job back. And the simple reason is because I don't think that I think that if if Cam Newton was playing right now with the the way that the offense has been revolving around uh, Christian McCaffrey, I believe that with that reduced pressure on him, he would be playing the same, if not better, than Kyle Allen is playing right now. Kyle Allen has played well, don't get me wrong, but the weight of the game is not so much on his shoulders. The weight of the game right now for the Panthers' offense is more so on Christian McCaffrey's shoulders. He gets so many touches per game, whether it's running the ball or catching the ball out of the backfield. He and Not that he didn't get a lot when Cam Newton was in, but it was definitely more of a Cam Newton-focused offense. So I think that if Cam Newton were to come back and the Panthers were smart enough to say, you know what, uh, Christian McCaffrey is insane, we need to keep getting him the ball as much as we are now. We just also have a better running threat at quarterback and arguably a better arm at quarterback. So I think that when Cam Newton is healthy, he should also get that job back. And in terms of Nick Foles, once again, I'll, I'll stick with the theme. I think he should get his job back too when he's healthy and ready to go. Um, but in all three of those cases, I think that those those rookies or or just backup quarterbacks have played so well that you don't have to rush, which is a great situation for, for coaching staffs. Uh, you don't have to rush your, your quarterback back in because you're in a good spot. Uh, your, your backup is playing well enough to keep you kind of in the hunt. All those teams are either leading their division or in the hunt, which is, which is pretty stellar for all those teams because they're not usually, well, the Saints are always, are always pretty good, but uh, the Panthers haven't been the best lately, and they're, they're winning all their games pretty much without Cam Newton. And uh, the Jags have, they they struggled last year, and to be, I think they're three and three right now. Uh, they're still within striking distance, so good on them. I think that the quarterback situations will all resolve themselves, but I think all those quarterbacks should get their their spots back. All right, so next up, we'll hop back into these games. We have Philadelphia at Dallas. 
Uh, I thought that this game could end up being a game of the week. It did not uh, did not live up to the hype. It was it was a division game, but uh, Dallas ran away with it early. His final score was 37-10. to Ezekiel Elliott had a big game on the ground, uh, and they came away with the W in Dallas. Got back to their winning ways. Next up, we had another blowout. We had New England at the New York Jets. And uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but uh, Sam Darnold was seeing ghosts for sure. Uh, and he might see the Shitong of the Week segment also. So not not a good week for Sam Darnold. He he threw four interceptions, which is unacceptable. For, it, there's no excuse. I mean, you throw four interceptions, something's, something's going on there. Um, Le'Veon Bell had a decent game, but uh, Tom Brady did what he does. That defense, that defense is for real. Uh, Stephon Gilmore, in my opinion, is the best corner in the NFL, and I don't think it's close. And this is coming from someone who's a big Jalen Ramsey fan. Um, I, I just don't see anyone locking up one receiver and literally taking him out of the game as well as Stephon Gilmore has. Uh, it's almost Revis-esque, um, the way he's locking down right now. Uh, he also had an interception. So, I mean, you, you just really, at this point in the NFL I wouldn't be throwing at Stephon Gilmore. It just it, the the, re, the results are going to be more negative than they're going to be positive if you're an offensive player. All right, so that wraps it up for the recaps for Week Seven. Uh, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, and Carolina were the teams that were on the bye, so uh, they'll be back in action this week. All right, so now time for Shitong of the week. So we mentioned our uh, our first candidate. We had Sam Darnold, uh, who not only threw four interceptions, but he had a measly. A, a putrid, a horrible, horrendous 86 yards passing. He didn't even break 100 passing. That is, and it's not like he got pulled early. He played the whole game, and he threw 86 yards. How do you throw for 86 yards? I, I'm, I'm confused, but anyway, he managed to throw 30 for, um, sorry, 34% completion percentage, uh, 86 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception. Uh, horror, probably the worst game for Sam Darnold in his career. Um, so next up, we have Melvin Gordon, who, I mean, again, for a running back to only have 32 yards and rush two yards per carry is pretty bad. Since Melvin Gordon's come back from his holdout, he has not looked good, um, which is kind of, it's unfortunate because you, you, if you hold out, you're, you're trying to say that I don't think I'm being paid what I'm worth. And then to show that, I mean, it doesn't look like he's worth too much right now. The team was doing a, a lot better when they had uh, Austin Eckler as their premier running back. And now that he's kind of taken a reduced load to to accommodate Melvin Gordon, uh, and Melvin Gordon is not kind of picking up the slack. So not only did Melvin Gordon only have 32 yards and 2 yards per carry, he also fumbled on the goal line with a chance to win. So uh, pretty bad game for Melvin Gordon. But on that same note of the fumble, I'm not going to put all the blame on him. Some of that blame has to go to our third Shitong of the Week nominee, Anthony Lynn, the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, I mean, it's it, hindsight is 2020, so this is easy for me to sit here and say, but I'm going to say it anyway. If I'm, a, if I'm an NFL head coach, unless I have a player of the caliber of, let's say, Beast Mode, Marshawn Lynch, or... Even a Latavius Murray, who had a, who also had a good game this weekend, I'll shout him out right now. Um, who had, he had two rushing touchdowns over 100 yards. If you if you had one of those big body power running backs who does not go down easily at all, then what he what Anthony Anthony Lynn did would have made more sense. He ran the ball on the I think they were on the one or the one and a half yard line. 
but the problem with this, I have no problem with running the ball on the one yard line. You should do that. But I have an issue when there is, I believe there was under 10 seconds or 13 seconds left, and you run the ball with no timeouts in the fourth quarter when you're down by three. To me, it just does not make sense because if you don't get in, if you don't get in, even if he would not have fumbled, he, he just didn't get in. There's a very small chance that you're going to be able to run your field goal team on or get back up, get everyone off the ground because when you run a goal line play, everyone ends up on the ground. It's a huge pileup. And especially when the defense is going to want to milk that clock, they're going to get up nice and slow, hold down offensive players. We've seen it before. Um, I don't think that the only way that play could have ended up well was a touchdown. And, I mean, as we saw, the Titans' defense was able to stop them. Uh, not only did they stop them, they they, uh, they forced the fumble. But for Anthony Lynn, if, if I was an NFL head coach, I'll say that on the on the one-yard line with 13 seconds left, and you know that you have to, at the bare minimum, the bare minimum, you cannot lose this game, you're in that situation. You have to at least get three points. I'm lining up five wide, I'm spreading everyone out, and I'm taking one shot or maybe two shots into the end zone, and then on fourth down, I'm bringing up my kicking team. Because the last thing I want is for that clock to run and run out. Uh, so what I would do is throw safe passes. You have a, you have a smart quarterback in Phillip Rivers that knows well that if there's nothing there, just throw it out of the back of the end zone because that's going to stop the clock. Unfortunately for Anthony Lynn and the Chargers, he didn't do that. He chose to run the ball, and uh, he paid the price. So it's unfortunate for them, but uh, those are our three, our three nominees. And for this week, out of those three, we're going to have to go with Sam Darnold. Uh, it was a bad decision by Anthony Lynn, um, but it wasn't as bad as throwing 34% uh, of your passes for 86 yards and four interceptions. So congratulations to Sam Darnold. Give yourself a pat on the back. You are a shit-on for this week. All right. So a couple shout-outs for this week. We have the 49ers defense who pitched a, shout a shutout. Uh, it was very impressive to see them do that. They've been good all year. Uh, second shout-out goes out to the Patriots defense, also pitched a shout-out. They had a, four interceptions off of Sam Darnold. Um, McCourty had another interception. He's been having a great year. Stephon Gilmore, as we mentioned before, interception, having a great year. Uh, some of these throws were, were pretty bad, but and like the Deron Harmon interception was just a horrible throw that I have no idea why why he threw it. Like He threw, it, he threw a ball deep into the middle where I didn't see a receiver anywhere in the camera shot, and Deron Harmon just jumped up for an easy interception. But nonetheless, you still have to be in position to make the play, which the Patriots did time and time again. So Patriots defense, second shout-out. Third shout-out, we have Marvin Jones Jr. Marvin Jones Jr. had four receiving touchdowns, which is a franchise, or ties a franchise record. Uh, he played very well. Uh, and just a little, uh, maybe a, a secondary shit-tongue of the week. I'll give it to my friend Evan Shergold, who had Marvin Jones on his fantasy team, but decided not to start him. Uh, congratulations, Evan. You've made the shit-tongue list. All right. And our last our last uh, shout-out of the week goes to Lamar Jackson, who we mentioned before. Had 116 yards rushing, one touchdown, and an away victory against the, uh, the Seattle Seahawks, which is very hard to do. All right, so last but not least, we'll get into our last segment, the, um, the predictions for next week, week eight in the NFL. So for starters, the teams on the bye, we only have two teams this week, Dallas and Baltimore, both coming off of wins. So it's always nice to go into the bye week off of a win, so good for those two teams. So we start off the, uh, the week tonight 
with uh, Washington at Minnesota. So Washington, I mean, they haven't looked good all year. They haven't. They've won one game against Miami, which, to be honest, they should have lost. Uh, Minnesota's been hot, so I'm going to stick with the home team, stick with the hot team. Minnesota's going to take this one for sure. Next up, Denver at Indianapolis. Uh, I would I would give some consideration to Denver in this game if they didn't just trade away Emmanuel Sanders. And it's not it's not simply for the fact that he's a, a good player. It's more so for the fact that he was an integral part of that team. I think that his teammates definitely had a lot of love for him. So I think that losing a player like that is uh, is definitely going to be hard for them. And you're playing away from home against Indianapolis, who is streaking. Uh, I'm going to go with Indianapolis in this one. Next up, we have Tampa Bay going at Tennessee. Um, I'm going to I'm going to go with Tampa Bay in this one for the simple fact that um, I think a lot of people might be caught up in the whole Tannehill is the the savior in Tennessee uh, vibe. I'm not buying it. I've been a Dolphins fan for a long time. I've seen I've seen many shades of Tannehill, and one of them is inconsistency. So if he just won, uh, I'm going to go with a loss here. Uh, Tampa Bay has had flashes early in the year. And coming off the bye, I think that Bruce Arians will have corrected a lot of their uh, their pitfalls that they've had. So I think Tampa Bay is going to be able to come away with a road win here. Next up, Arizona at New Orleans. Uh, a lot of a lot of people that I've talked to have, have thought that this could be an upset game. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater can't possibly stay perfect, can he? Uh, and also, on top of that, the fact that Arizona has been playing pretty pretty decently so um, lately. Sorry, I believe they have two straight wins. So a lot of people have been thinking, oh, maybe Arizona can come in and pull off that upset. Uh, I'm not buying that vibe, though. I think that New Orleans, outside of Teddy Bridgewater, is, is too sound. Um, in, even including Teddy Bridgewater, sorry, they're they're pretty sound as a team. They're well coached, uh, and I think that they're going to be able to make uh, rookie quarterback Kyler Murray nervous. They have really good pass rushers like Cameron Jordan. Uh, I think that that game's going to belong to New Orleans. Next up, Cincinnati at the Rams. Uh, easy pick here for me. The Rams are going to come away with this one. Cincinnati is still winless, 0-7. Uh, I think they're the worst team in football, to be honest with you. So I think the Rams are going to definitely come away with the win here. Next up, we have the Jets traveling to Jacksonville to play Minshew and uh, Minshew Mania. Uh, a lot of people here are probably think I think Jacksonville is favored to win this game, but I'm going to go with the Jets. Uh, I think that Darnold is going to be fired up after his whole uh, I see ghost against uh, the Patriots was aired live. Uh, I think that he's going to come out playing pissed off, and he's going to be able to beat uh, Minshew and the Jags, especially now that they don't have uh, Jalen Ramsey, who will we'll get to him in just a little bit. Um, Next up, we have the New York Giants going to Detroit to take on the uh, the Lions. In this game, I'm going to go with Detroit. Simple fact uh, that I mean, I think Patricia, as a, a defensive-minded coach, is going to be able to give uh, give some problems to that Giants offense. Saquon Barkley's still coming back from injury, but I think he's going to be able to to do some work. But outside of him, I don't think Daniel Jones is going to have his best game. I'm going to go with Detroit in this one. Next up, we have the Chargers at Chicago, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, sorry, at Chicago. I've started this as a potential game of the week uh, for the simple fact that when I wrote it down here in my little book, I honestly had no idea who I think I might pick. Um, as I've been kind of talking and doing this episode of the podcast, what has kind of stuck out to me is that the poor coaching decisions by Anthony Lynn, uh, Melvin Gordon's struggles and their running struggles, 
I think that those things combined with the fact that Chicago's playing at home, I think Chicago's going to come away with a win here. I think Trubisky, I mean, the last game was his first game back from injury, so I think that he's going to be a little bit more warm now, a little bit more comfortable, and that defense is going to step back up and come away with a win in Chicago. Next up, another potential game of the week. We have Philadelphia at Buffalo. Uh, this game is, I think this is going to be probably my game of the week. This is going to be a good game. Any game in Buffalo, Buffalo has a very good chance to win. Uh, they have a very good home home crowd backing them. Uh, but when a team like Philadelphia comes in, uh, you always have to kind of wonder, can they pull it off against a good team like this? But in this game, I'm going to stick with Buffalo, even though I'm not a big fan of them and uh, the division rival of the Dolphins. But I think that they're going to be able to come away with a win, riding that wave of the uh, of their, their winning streak. And... Um, just the fact that they're playing at home, I think they're going to come away with a win here. Next up, we have Seattle traveling to Atlanta. Atlanta is another team that's been struggling. Uh, and I also read a stat that Russell Wilson, in games where he's coming off of a loss, his record is something like ridiculous. Like uh, Here, I'll find it right here. Russell Wilson, when coming off of a loss, is 29-7. and So that's pretty impressive. Uh, he's coming off of a loss last week. That's why that stat kind of came up. Uh, and especially playing a weaker team like the Atlanta Falcons, I think that uh, Seattle's going to come away with a W here. Next up, another potential game of the week. We have Carolina at San Francisco. Um, and on this game, I'm going to pick Carolina, uh, which might be an unpopular opinion. San Francisco's undefeated. They're playing at home, uh, playing a backup quarterback with that great defense. But to me, what stands out in this game is Christian McCaffrey. We talked about him before. Uh, he's a Cali guy, you know, he played at Stanford, so he's used to playing in Cali. Uh, so I think that he's going to be the difference in this game. And I don't think you can game plan for a talent like that because he can do so many different things. He can beat you with his legs. He can beat you catching the ball out of the backfield. Uh, he's so elusive and shifty. Uh, I don't think that there's really a concrete answer for Christian McCaffrey. And I think that that's going to expose the, uh, the some of the holes in the San Francisco defense and uh, lead them to their first loss of the year. So I'm going to go with Carolina, and that one is a little upset pick and a potential game of the week. Next up, we have Cleveland traveling to New England. Uh, I think this is going to be a frustrating game for Cleveland. That offense is supposed to be super dynamic, but uh, the New England defense has looked like they have no holes whatsoever. So in this game, I'm going to go with New England. And after that, we have Oakland at Houston. Uh, Oakland has had their they've had their flashes this year, but nonetheless, I'm going to go with Houston. Uh, as I've said before, they've kind of been up and down. They just lost, so expect them to bounce back with a win at home. And next after that, we have Green Bay at Kansas City. Uh, that's another potential game of the week. And in this game, I'm going to go again with the uh, with the kind of underdog team, the away team. I'm going to go with Green Bay uh, for the simple reason that there's a couple of reasons. So. First, I'll start off by saying that I'm not sure about Patrick Mahomes' health yet. So he came back last game, okay, he might be okay, and then he, he didn't finish the game. So a little bit of questions there on whether he'll be healthy enough to play against Green Bay. If he doesn't play, then this is a surefire Green Bay win. I mean, I like Matt Moore. He was a former Dolphins backup, but he's not beating Aaron Rodgers in a shootout. I'll tell you that right now. Um, the second reason is Kansas City's defense, which has not improved. I thought that they would be in the race for, for Jalen Ramsey, uh, but unfortunate, I, unfortunately, I, I read somewhere that um, Jacksonville was just not willing to play ball with uh, with uh, the Chiefs, probably because they're 
in the same uh, in the same conference, but uh, I guess they just didn't want to trade him there. So, but they they definitely need help on defense. Uh, watching Brashad Breeland week in and week out try and cover other teams' number ones is uh, is almost laughable. He's he's had a horrible season thus far. Um, so they definitely need some help on that defense. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have his way with them, and. Uh, even if Mahomes plays, I think he'll be gimpy, and I don't know if he'll be able to keep up with uh, with the savage array of attack that Green Bay is about to put forward against Kansas City's weak defense. And last but not least, we have the Monday game. My team, the Dolphins, are traveling to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers on Monday night. <coughs> and in this one, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, I love Miami. Pittsburgh is on a backup quarterback, but... I mean, there's there's so many holes in Miami's team that, uh, from what we've seen this season, they haven't been able to hang late in games. So I think that they might be able to keep this game close, maybe even have a shot at winning, but I don't think that they'll be able to pull it off. Uh, I don't think they have the legs for that right now. But uh, nonetheless, it might be a good game. We'll see. Teams on the bye, we have Dallas and Baltimore. And uh, so for the game of the week, I'm going to have to give my uh, my nod to Carolina at San Francisco. I think the whole the whole vibe of an undefeated team playing a pretty solid team uh, is a, is an intriguing thing to me. Um, a, not only is San Francisco undefeated, I'll, I will say that, but Kyle Allen is undefeated since he's taken over. So this is uh, it's pretty cool to see. Uh, we'll see if who loses first, San Francisco or Kyle Allen. I think there's going to be a lot of points put up. Christian McCaffrey is going to have a good game. Uh, that's my game of the week for Week Eight in the NFL. So from the Triple S Podcast, I'm Brandon Smith with another NFL recap. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, Thank you guys for showing love and rocking with me. I appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, Take care. Peace out. See you next time. Bye. Yeah. It's real life, no gimmick.